0: Hi all, welcome to Piano Writers and Works. My name is Holly Harland and in today's episode is Classical Child Prodigy. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was born on the 27th of January 1756 in Salzburg, Austria. His father Leopold came from a good standing family. He was the author of a famous violin playing manual, which was published the year of Mozart's birth. This was a treatise of the fundamental principles of violin playing. The work was influential in its day and continues to serve as a scholarly source concerning 18th century performance practice. His mother, Anne Maria, was born of a middle class family active in local administration. Mozart and his sister Maria Anna were the only two of their seven children to survive. At the age of three he was picking out chords on the harpsichord, a year later he was playing short pieces, and at the age of five he was composing. There are anecdotes about his precise memory of pitch, about his scribbling a concerto at the age of five. In seventeen sixty two, Mozart's father took Maria, now age 11 and Wolfgang aged 6, to a court of Bavaria in Munich, in what was to become the first of several European tours. The siblings travelled to the courts of Paris, London, The Hague in the Netherlands and Zurich, performing as child prodigies. Mozart met a number of accomplished musicians and became familiar with their works, particularly Particularly important was his meeting with Johann Christian Bach, who was Johann Sebastian Bach's youngest son, in London, who had a strong influence on Mozart. The trips were long and often demanding, travelling in primitive conditions and waiting for invitations and reimbursements from the nobility. Due to the early years being completely devoted to music. He is considered a child prodigy. It is defined in psychology research as a person under the age of 10 who produces meaningful output in some domain to the level of an adult expert. They have a different approach to learning and assimilating information than most normal children, which is definitely outlined by the anecdotes of Mozart. Some of the stories are that he played blindfolded, with his arms crossed, and at the age of eight, his ability to sight-read unfamiliar music was quite astonishing. In the most masterly manner, he was unable to fall asleep, so he transcribed core work misera from memory, having seen the performance. And went back to hear the piece a second time to correct any errors. However, there must have been extreme pressure applied to Mozart. Most I would imagine would have come from his father. In the research for child prodigy, it is suggested that a downside of being one is everyone expects you that when you grow up to be a genius. Also, as most of their child life is dominated by one thing it can lead to being burnt out and lose interest at a later time. Mozart certainly did not lose interest in music as he created over 600 works of music with some being the most famous and loved pieces of symphonic, chamber, operatic and choral music. However, the pressure placed upon Mozart to provide income to the family spiraled out of control. Money played an essential role even during his time as a child prodigy as Mozart's father had given up his own position as a musician for some time to support the career of his son. He had to contribute to the family budget. Emperor Joseph II was a fan of Mozart's work and in 1787 to prevent so rare a genius from going abroad, he gave the composer a well-paying position that required little more than the writing of dances. In a letter to his father, Leopold, Mozart had warned that the Viennese gentry, and in particular the emperor, must not imagine that I am this earth solely for the sake of Vienna. So it seems that Mozart was pushed into a one direction by certain powerful people. In regards to his salary, the income from teaching, performances and publications is thought to be between 3,000 to 4,000 florins between 1781 to 1791. This would have given him an upper class lifestyle in the 18th century, yet he died with a little money to his name. In today's standards, Mozart would have, would be worth about £100,000. As with all freelance artists, Mozart's income fluctuated. When money was there, he spent it freely. Constant moves and luxurious lifestyle was extremely costly. But Mozart was more than capable of making money in Vienna. But there were also times where the Mozart family had to endure abject poverty. His careless handling of money was not the only reason for this. Constant Mozart, his wife, suffered from ulcerated varicose veins, which can be developed after a minor injury if there's a problem with the circulation of blood in your leg. At times, she had to stay at health spas for extended periods. The horrendous cost took a heavy toll on the family budget. For years, Mozart was forced to ask Mason Michael Buckberg for financial support. Several pleading letters still exist very often with the desperate content, should you, my best friend and brother, desert me, I shall be exceedingly unhappy and innocently doomed with my poor sick wife and child. He spent money when he had it and suffered when he did not. However, Mozart's life was not marked by poverty. He passed away on the 5th of December 1791 in Vienna at the age of 35. It was followed by rumours that he and Salieri had been bitter rivals and that Salieri had poisoned the younger composer. Yet this has been proven false and it is likely that they were at least mutually respected peers. Antonio Salieri was an influential composer of opera and a much in demand teacher who taught Schubert, Beethoven and Liszt. He said, although this is my final illness, I can say in good faith that there is no truth to the absurd rumour that I poisoned Mozart. It's nothing but spite to tell the world that. Within six years of Salieri's death, the Russian writer Pushkin wrote a play, Mozart and Salieri, which portrayed danger of envy. In 1898, Rimsky Korsakov turned Pushkin's play into an opera. In both, it's suggested that Salieri's jealousy of Mozart led him to poison the young composer. The murder plot was perpetrated in Peter Schaffer's hugely successful 1790 play, Amadeus. Through the subsequent film, Salieri firmly entered our consciousness as a Machiavellian manipulator who sets out not only to destroy Mozart's career but the man himself. Salieri's bitterness sends him mad in a mental hospital where he announces himself as the patron saint of mediocrity. The scene in Amadeus the film which I wish was true it's a sort of half true is when he is on his deathbed and is pushed to finish the requiem in d minor it was commissioned anonymously not by salieri but by an eccentric count franz von valsek the count who was a amateur chamber musician was known for commissioning works and then passing them off as his own mozart only received half of the payment in advance so upon his death his widow, Constance, was keen to have the work completed and she received the final payment. At the time of Mozart's death, only the first movement in Troitus was completed in all of the orchestra and vocal parts. The Kiri sequence and Offertorium were completed in skeleton, with the exception of the Lacrimosa which breaks off after the first eight bars. The vocal parts and continuo were fully noted. What remained to be completed for these sections were mostly accompaniment figures, inner harmonies and orchestral doublings to the vocal parts. I like to think that the scene in Amadeus is how Mozart would have worked in creating music, that he knew instantly what would work. In the film scene, there is many occasions where Salieri asks him to slow down and that he does not understand how each part would work initially. Yet he continues to write it and realises the genius of the piece. If you have not seen Amadeus, I really recommend it as a film. Although some of it is not completely true, the film is a great interpretation of music and of Mozart and a great plot in for filmmaking. A link to the film will be in the podcast notes and on the shop highlights of my Instagram at hrh.music. It is an affiliate link so if you do not wish to use it that is totally okay. The diagnosis of Mozart's death was severe miliary fever, which is an infectious disease. There was a few other causes added later, such as the inflammation in the heart, joints, skin, and central nervous system. Other diagnoses take into account Mozart's medical history and have put forward Scholarly and Arck syndrome, which is swelling of the small blood vessels. Between 1782 and 1786, Mozart wrote 20 works for piano solo, including sonatas, variations, fantasias, suites, fugues, rondos, and works for piano in four hands and two. He almost single-handedly developed and popularised the classical piano concerto. Although he did not invent the piano concerto, he... Just as he didn't invent the symphony or opera or any other genres in which he worked, he managed to elevate it and expand upon the format and polish it and open its boundaries to new ideas and new possibilities. The piano concerto, a relatively new concept during his lifetime, that proved to be the most innovative. Johann Sebastian Bach had written piano concertos, or keyboard concertos, mostly were solo works, though occasionally with multiple players, just as a few contemporaries of Mozart had done. What Mozart did was raise its musical content. The first of his 27 concertos, written before he became a teen, was actually expanding settings of solo keyboard pieces by others, such as Johann Christian Bach, who he was inspired upon when he visited London. But the need to develop his own voice soon took over, and the ensuing concertos were all original, though some were written for others to play. An early example is the Concerto Number 9, penned for a mysterious but clearly talented lady, In 1781, Mozart left his hometown of Salzburg and moved to Vienna, a city he described to his father as Klaverland, Land of the Piano. Soon after his arrival, he composed three concertos, which are numbers 11 to 13, which made a ripple within the Viennese public. But there came a flurry of works for Piano and Chamber Orchestra, and these caught the imagination of music lovers as well as fellow composers, one of them being Haydn. In 1784 came six new and groundbreaking concertos, followed by three masterpieces in each of the next two years. Most of these were intended for performances before subscription audiences who clearly enjoyed concertos. But then it all ceased. Attendance... Dropped due to the lure of other musical entertainments such as light Italian opera. Mozart wrote only two more piano concertos during his five remaining years. Mozart set the bar for concertos with each one that he wrote. Each seemed to exist in a world of its own. He never took the same row twice, so never falls short in creating melodies and spellbinding dramatic scenes. Others after him, notably Rachmaninoff, have stretched the virtuosic limits of what two hands can accomplish on one keyboard, but no one has instilled the piano concerto with as much soulfulness and humanity as Mozart. Piano concerto number 20 in D minor when the piano first enters the movement unaccompanied. This is in the exposition in the second subject with the key being D minor. It opens with a four part counterpoint ending on a perfect cadence. The piano begins with only the right hand and then the left hand joins in the second bar during the appoggiatura in the treble clef playing thirds in the left hand. There is then an antiphony between the right hand and the left hand with two bar phrases. The orchestra then joins whilst the piano plays fast semi semi rhythms in the right hand with the left playing chords on the first and third beat, moving between tonic and the dominant chord, ending the phrase with perfect cadence. The first theme from the exposition in the first subject the piano rejoins as a solo playing bass motif with fast semi quaver patterns that shadows the violins. The demi semi quavers is a rising melody, then is moved to the left hand. There is a call cool and response between the piano and orchestra as the piano melody plays the flute motif and then the oboe melody motif, which includes dotted rhythms leading back into the demi-semi-quaver runs. If you have ever played Mozart, he loves a good scalic demi-semi-quaver run, ending with a trill and demi-semi-quavers in the left hand, which the section heard ends on. Obviously, this is not the full piano concerto. This is only a small section. He is very enjoyable to listen and to read along to the score and it allows the piano to shine as well as the orchestra which i think mozart gets spot on although he lived a short life his influence on classical music has to be one of the greatest alongside j.s Bach. his life has been heavily researched about being a child prodigy but also the story of his death is one of the great dramas, even if it is fabricated. I believe there was definitely his style to departure the world, even though he fell ill and um, I'm sure he would have loved to have heard the story. Mozart is definitely a name that has not been forgotten since his presence in Vienna. The fact that he was creating music at the early age and to have a staggering amount of works with someone that died, At the age of 35. He is a melodic genius with great character and fun, even in today's time one of the most used memes is from the Queen of the Night from the Opera Magic Flute alongside the animal mamat. His works have been woven into our popular culture from a major Academy Awards winning motion picture to a Golden Globe winning series. His music remains a core part of the repertoire of every major opera house. Symphony orchestra, string quartet, and solo performer. There seems that for someone with, with such a short life that he rubbished in, there seems little doubt of Mozart ever dying out, and I would hope not for the future. Thank you all for listening to Piano Writers and Works. Don't forget to follow on social media at hrh.music on Instagram and TikTok to get the exclusive behind the scenes. See you all in the next episode. Bye.